Friends, we're a podcast in book club format about horror movies. This week we've got It Follows. Starting off, I'm Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. And I'm Jarvis. And the way we're going to do this podcast is we're going to talk a little bit about the history. We're going to talk about, about the plot. Then we're going to go ahead and talk about sound effects and music and special effects and, you know, whatever else. And then we're going to give you like a spoopy meter. I'll let you really know how we feel. So starting off, Dan, do you have the history for It Follows? Yeah, so It Follows came out in 2015. It was written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. Uh, David Robert Mitchell is best known for movies such as Under the Silver Lake and Myth of the American Sleepover, to which I believe that he both wrote and directed both of those. Um. The budget for this movie is approximately $2 million, and it did very well. It grossed about $23.3 million. This is another one you took a girlfriend to in high school, you know, and made out in the movie theater. Another Jennifer's Body kind of type. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds about right. The runtime for this is about 100 minutes, so not an especially long movie. Other movies in 2015 that we could have watched uh, were The Invitation, The Witch, or The Witch. The Witch. Still not my joke. I was waiting for you to to make that joke. (laughs) It's not my joke, though. I will never claim the joke. Uh, CC uh, uh, Bechtel cast. And Krampus is another one. But I think we did that one. Uh, Maybe. I don't remember. So the tagline for this was actually pretty good this week. It's uh, it doesn't think, it doesn't feel, it doesn't give up. That's how I live my life. I don't think, I don't feel, I just don't give up. Are you a, are you a sponge? <laughs> I don't think, I don't feel, I just suck in plankton. <laughs> um the film location for this so this was like a heavy michigan one i'm sure you guys noticed yeah Um, what no way yeah (laughs) yeah so so if you live in if you live in michigan specifically eastern michigan uh, a lot of pride for a filming location of this but i'll give you the all the towns that i saw i saw detroit berkeley clawson troy sterling heights and Northville, Michigan, were all different places that they filmed. That's interesting. Uh, I I had a feeling that they that this movie was actually filmed in Canada, and then they went across the border to Detroit. Like, you know, just because <laughs> like everybody seemed real happy. One of the guys sounded like he had like a little bit of an accent, but maybe I was just making it up. And then after they met, it was they met one of the characters, and they go into like the downtown. I was like, oh, now we're in Detroit. Oh, good. <laughs> D twelve till I die, bitch. <laughs> yeah, when they they mentioned that um, the director mentioned that they, I believe that most of the actors are from L.A. and New York because they did a lot of their auditions there. I mean, people could have came in from Canada, but um, they also had a bunch of people from Michigan that were in the movie. So a lot of a lot of Michigan pride. In this nice, movie. yeah, pretty cool. I like yeah. that. 
Is the director from Michigan where he'd want to show that pride? I don't believe he is. I'm not really sure why he wanted like Michigan specifically, but I don't think he's from Michigan. Okay. Our nude clock, which we talk about every week uh, to kind of bring up the silliness of nudity in horror movies specifically. Um, so this week we had, we had a lot of titties in this movie. Yeah, I think yeah. This, this movie made up for the uh, lack of nude clock we've had in previous weeks. <laughs> and so, about damn time. Oh, we also get some dong, I think, like a little bit of dong. A little bit oh, of we dong. do get old man dong. We do get, we do old, get old man, old man dong. dong. You get full shaft. Full shaft. Uh-huh. It's at a distance. Yeah. You standing on the roof. You know, yeah. there's nothing scarier than uh, the the poster for a simple man being remade with an old white naked guy. You know, <laughs> I don't know what the time is for a nude clock. I just know it happens a lot to me. Um, so does anyone know when it first starts? I didn't get it. My initial was about 2028. It's 2026 to 2028, depending on how good your vision is or if you turn the screen brightness up, because the first titty is from a distance. <laughs> All right. You're so welcome, I'll... America. <laughs> <laughs> so our... Jarvis, Jarvis like a sniper looking for those titties. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jarvis knows I'm always going to ask for it. <laughs> so he's like, I got this. I fucking got this. <laughs> Dan, I'll yeah. never let you down. <laughs> I got a titty about three clicks. <laughs> three clicks to the east. One <laughs> So uh lastly, where you could watch this, you can watch us on Tubi, on Pluto TV, and on Amazon Prime video if you have that. And this would be free on all those platforms. And with that, I'm going to pass it over to Jarvis, who has our plot this week. Uh before we get into the movie, can I just say that I was so disappointed that we did not have our Nick Cage in this movie. After having a month of Nick Cage, this movie started, I was anticipating seeing Nick Cage, and I was disappointed. It would have been wild to have him in this movie. I will say it out loud. (laughs) He should just be in every movie. Uh, I also have something to throw in before Jarvis starts, um, which he's about to mention this character but did anyone else just view the first guy that jay's with as basically a metaphor to jarvis hmm i think i'm honored i don't don't know he was handsome and smart and he he was just trying to fuck hmm hmm all endearing qualities, I must say. <laughs> is is that first guy a fuck boy? Because like all he was trying to do was fuck. Like, dude, hey, he's you know what he is? He's a survivor. If he had to fuck a boy, he'd have fucked a boy. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. I have a lot of questions on like that. So it it just came up naturally. So I'm going to bring it up now on the efficacy yep. of like what constitutes the transition. Yep. Yes, because okay. like. So Tiff and I had like a whole big conversation last night and it was like, okay, uh, what if like, what if it's gay sex? Like, I mean, what if we find out like it's two women having sex and like mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. maybe they're pegging or whatever. Like, is the thing going to be like, no, that's not sex. And it's like, oh, all right, well now we're all going to raise arms against you because like you're, you're a homophobe. All right, here we go. Like, let's go. Like pick up your hands. Let's go. What if, what if I have another scenario? What if, 
two people having sex on the bed. Another one, the partner, is in the closet masturbating. They get off, mm-hmm. but then he gets off after them. Like, mm-hmm. is it now going to come after the oh, guy who's in the well, closet or the last one to penetrate? Like, what, well, what to further your line of reasoning, what if it was an orgy? Would the it yep. follows thing just get so confused by the end about who it was supposed to be following that it would just give up and go away? No, I think absolutely that's the not. So we should yeah. organize the first annual Harbor <laughs> Friends orgy in Detroit. <laughs> in Detroit, and we will answer all those questions and more. <laughs> we'll call it OrgyCon. OrgyCon. <laughs> D12. <laughs> Not to be mistaken with our origami con, which also happens this year. I've made that mistake before. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, people still have sex in public at origami con. That is fair. They just fold themselves in half. (laughs) Let let me present another scenario. Um, Does oral constitute the same amount of transfer? And if so, shouldn't this movie be called It Swallows? (laughs) (laughs) at a certain point i was like at at some point you have to just like have a circle of people who just have sex and just play like catch with it where it's like chasing you and it's like one dip in oh oh, now it's up to you (laughs) i i wrote that down i was like does it flip-flop is there a no tag backs clause like can i just like fucking stick it in and be like no she's faster like you know we we see it coming be like nah get out of here here is it like well wait because then wouldn't it be like every pump is like, like if it's a if it's well whoever like every pump is like someone new it's like oh now it's in now it's him oh out now it's back in oh it's her again or like, like... Are, are you talking about like a, a giant conga line of fucking around the world <laughs> where we all just kind of like hands around mm-hmm. the world except uh fucking around the world and we all just kind of get into dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah and yeah it can't catch you can't catch the person in front because it's just a pump away right yeah, like it's kind of like that thing where everyone in America held hands for that day, except for everyone, <laughs> everyone was just yeah. holding genitalia. genitalia. Yep. yep. That's so the for kind our of audience, world I want to live in. Uh, so for our audience, if you haven't uh, figured it out before we started the real summary of the movie, uh, how this actually works. <laughs> Because we've kind of gone into great detail about it. Yep. Email us your theories and reasons. You know what? And videos. And videos. And and demonstrations. (laughs) And And demonstrations. (laughs) A nice tutorial, if you will. And if you know Proxy Page personally... um... (laughs) Ah, never mind. I dream. Anywho. Anywho, let's start the movie. My name is Jarvis, and I'm here to recruit you. I'm here to recruit you to watch one hell of a film. One from 2015, and my fellow Americans, that film is Anal Lesbians 3. No, I'm kidding. It is absolutely It Follows. And our story begins. uh, Dusk, fall time in a quiet neighborhood until, bam, young female teenager bursts out of her home in a confusing negligee and red heels, but she's running from something? And it's approaching slowly off camera? Like, insanely slow. Like, the camera does a full 360 of the street and her running and kind of, like, you know, pacing with it like like wrestlers in a ring. Mm-hmm. I'll, all I'll say about this scene is 
that neighbor is the worst fucking human being. Yep. Because she's running out, clearly in some kind of distress, because she's in, you know, like some kind of nightgown or whatever, running away from something, clearly terrified, in heels. And the neighbor just goes, you okay? She's like, <laughs> yeah. And the neighbor's like, all right, fuck off. And then just walks away. Like, <laughs> That's why you don't talk to your neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Is that you okay? Like, there, is, there are so many context clues there to realize that, no, everything is not okay. Well, you ask the question out of courtesy, but you don't care about the answer. That's Thank how you, you go through that situation. Correct. You, you ask the question, but you turn off your ears and you're like, oh, okay, all right. So, I'm a good human. <laughs> I did I mean, what I was supposed to do. Clearly, she knew that something was wrong because she was running in heels. Like, <laughs> come on. She was like, like in, in boy shorts and like a, a night a night shirt, like a pajama shirt, and then heels. I was like, what? why not just run around barefoot at this point? Like, yeah. I mean, you might stub your toe. That's dangerous. <laughs> and those stilettos? Nah, man. <sighs> you're, kill- you're killing whatever walks in front of you. And I gotta admit, even though she was clopping around like a Clydesdale, I was <laughs> I was up. It, it was, was it going. was working for me. It yeah, was working. Cool. Yep, she absolutely could have passed her demon. Uh, I I don't Move know. On. Is. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna. Are, you, are you are you a Paul? Are you a Paul? Oh, I don't want oh, to. I don't want to jump oh, no. too far. Paul was the worst person I've ever seen. And I have so many thoughts of him, but I'll save those for later. Let's get to Paul. Because slowly, and I cannot, I cannot address this enough. Slowly, the camera pans around as, she, as she's running from her, her attacker, who is off camera. We, we don't see anything. Um, she runs into her house. Her dad's, dad's trying to get her attention. She runs back out of the house, uh, grabbing the keys to a car. She drives off to a secluded beach. Uh, it's dark. It is now nighttime. However, uh, she has her headlights on facing the water. And what she's doing, she's kind of giving herself a good vantage point, good point of view. And uh, her dad calls her on the phone. So there is a cell phone. So we can date this somewhere maybe in the 2005 afterward. This is a very like decade ambiguous film in a lot of ways, but we'll also get to that. Um, she talks to her down on the phone, apologizes, kind of sort of a last goodbye as she sees something in the distance approaching um, that the audience does not see. And in the next scene, we see her mutilated body, um, but only only like slight mutilation, like like she tried to kick it and it like grabbed her leg and just twisted it around. Is that I, it, it? It's a fucked up picture, but it's very peaceful with the with the water in the background. <laughs> Oh, God, her legs bent backwards. Oh, but look at that sunrise. Yeah, she was not very flexible at all. Like, that leg just snapped backwards on her. Yeah, I don't think that's how legs work. No, I, uh, I don't know. I'm not a leg doctor. Um, but, yeah, no, that's not how that works. You like to be called legologist? Oh, leg- oh, sorry. Forgive me. Now come take a look at this meteor. You said you're a legologist, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was thinking it too. Yep. I didn't go through four years of legology school to get this disrespect. Well, tranquil as it was, <clears throat> uh, we move from her death uh, to our main character, who's cleaning her pool. This is Jay. Um, 
And this is where kind of the decade ambiguity begins um, because she's drinking like off-brand cola, um, wearing an unflattering bathing suit. Um, she's like swimming. Her sister comes out like they're talking. Uh, what are you going to do tonight? Oh, Jay's going on a date. She goes inside. There's kids hanging out on a couch. And then we have um, Yara, I believe is her name, who is kind of the Daphne of this Scooby-Doo-esque group. Yes. Who is mm -hmm. reading on her seashell-shaped e-reader mm -hmm. uh -huh. on that the couch. That was the dumbest thing I've oh my ever God. seen. Oh, yeah. don't make fun of Yara's my favorite. She was the best character in this movie, hands down. I like Yara. She's great. But whatever that seashell thing was, uh, I'm done with it. Like, oh, it was so... <laughs> but they were ahead of their time. They, the, the, the duo phones that are coming out now with two screens, they did, it for, they did it first. I'm just saying. But what time is it? I have no idea where we are. In the, this in, movie in... never just even remotely specifies like no. what time period we're in. There are relatively modern cars. And then there are... Are the only movies that anybody ever watches are from the 1950s? Exactly, and the, and, and the televisions they watch them on. Yes, I think they do that in a lot of movies just because they don't have to pay for correct like, using <laughs> these movies. Because <clears throat> in a lot of movies, it does make sense. Like this, like hip young couples watching some classic black and white movie from the 20s, and they act like it's nothing. But I agree. This movie felt like it could have taken place at any time, or just in a, a different dimension, which is kind of cool. I kind of mm. like that concept. It feels kind of alternate universe. Alternate. Yeah. yeah, it does. But like the Juno universe. Yeah, where she picks up her hamburger phone. Yeah, yep. That's <laughs> everybody's one. got one, I guess. Except it's a touchscreen and it's a seashell, and I'm 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 confused. <laughs> I'm equally confused. <laughs> Equal parts confused. But yeah. So uh, we're seeing uh, some of the characters that we'll be later introduced to. Uh, Paul, I think, is one we're going to become incredibly used to talking about on this episode. Because um, Paul stares longingly at Jay every chance he gets. He does. He's a very desperate and lonely man. And he just becomes progressively more sad throughout this movie. Yeah, he was a sad sack. Uh, so Jay gets ready for a date. You know, I, actually, as she's getting ready for a date, I noticed in the mirror um, that she has, like, a picture of her, what, what I suppose is her dad. Um, and I, I don't know if that was supposed to symbolize, like, some possible, like, you know, daddy drama or, you know, something like that. Because this I... movie, as it progresses, is just one big sexual metaphor for herpes. So anything that could be a sexual metaphor, I feel like it's kind of ham-handed into the movie. Well, she also just has a picture of herself in the pool on that mirror as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, like that. that one time I was in the pool alone and just... I remember that I, time I oh, was in the pool. I had so much fun. I want to put it here to remember it forever. Uh, so she's getting ready for a date. Um, the next scene is that we are at the movie theater in line. Um, and, and we get some kind of cutesy back and forth between these new uh, this character, our new character, uh, who is Hugh is the gentleman that she's there on a date with. And they're playing this fun guessing game. It's sort of a people-watching guessing game where you have to guess which person they're, they're thinking of, um, kind of like I Spy. It translates well because he sees a girl in a yellow dress at the back of the theater, and Jay does not. And Hugh like, continuously like, no, no, she's right there. And Jay does not see her at all. 
And abruptly, Hugh grabs her arm, and she's like, and he was like, "We gotta go. We gotta get the fuck out of here. They leave in a hurry." That scene definitely uh, that creeped me out, but I was just like, "Oh, all right, we're, we're getting something already. All right, this is good. This is good. Yeah, it's a good intro." It was the first time that like this was a horror movie because it's like, "Oh, he sees something she doesn't see." It. Yeah, I think it answers questions for the audience too. I would say also the beginning that uh, leg not bending the correct way is also a good sign of horror. Do you think that was supposed to indicate that there was something wrong? Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to watch it again, research it. It's a bit of a stretch, Chris. Yeah. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, don't bend over backwards. I'm looking <laughs> for it. I think she was just playing basketball in the beginning, right? I've, I've seen that happen to basketball players where their leg literally just snaps out. Yeah, especially when you're playing in your heels and your, you know, boy shorts and, you know, tank top <laughs> well you need those extra four to six inches on your heel for your vertical leap so that's true that's quite a leap <laughs> but okay uh so she gets back after a date the next day she we get some small talk with her sister nothing crazy um but then we get to their next date this is date number two where uh it starts out at a beach picnic where they start making out but it quickly turns to humping uh in the plymouth group the Plymouth Grand Fury that is now so, parked outside an abandoned complex building. So I, I couldn't think of something to say here, but I, I figured that you guys would. But there's definitely some sort of joke about being crammed into the back of a car for both of these guys, right? There's a joke here. Anyone find it? Anyway, anybody find it? <laughs> Check under the cushions of the Plymouth Grand Fury. I don't know what you want. Like, there's a joke about them <laughs> in the car. I just, I just want someone to make a joke. I don't know. All right, fine. Is it gamey? Get oh, damn it! I was about to say Look, I found it. I found the joke. It was the joke. It was the joke that no one knew that they needed, but everyone did. <laughs> That's still so good. <laughs> Is it so good though? Is it? It's it probably so it's probably the funniest thing you've ever said in the entire time I've known you. <laughs> uh, you got to know the lore. You got to. You got to know the lore of uh, what? What was her name? Steamy Daniels. What, what's her name? Pristine Page. Oh, Proxy Page. Okay. <laughs> Pristine. These are all. These are all really good. Wow. <laughs> Steamy Daniels. I think Steamy Daniels. Stormy Daniels oh, and yeah. Daniels. <laughs> Pristine Daniels. That's my new porn name. Pristine Daniels. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what's not a joke is a chloroform rag to the face. Uh especially as it breaks up like her kind of like I don't know, sort of thrown in their passing of innocence speech she's literally just kind of like brazenly brushing like these dandelions and like talking about like what she always envisioned love to be and then he's like oh yeah that's sweet let me kiss your neck and shut up bitch go to sleep well to be fair he did say did this rag smell chloroform to you (laughs) is that what you were tittering about this whole time i've heard you're your laugh has been building up like a teapot the entire time I've been talking. I was trying to prepare myself, and I just I couldn't do it. Oh, date took a weird turn. Uh, I've never, uh, never, never had a chloroform 
rag before. I don't know. Never? No. <laughs> Not even once. I, I mean, do you remember? If Which you don't remember. You know, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You would love it. It's to die for. It's to die for. <laughs> I'll I'll ask Tip to do it. Right. <laughs> Have you ever woken up new. strapped to a wheelchair? You know, I I have a couple times actually. Okay, then chloroform might have. Oh my god! It's so exciting. Are you still logged into your school account? (laughs) This is weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think the things that have been said on this podcast is way worse than accidentally being logged into your school account. Oh god, we go, we go. I mean, when you're googling around for uh, how to make chloroform, Stormy Daniels home. Home rent. Semicolon Stormy Daniels. Semicolon North Dakota. (laughs) Semicolon map of North Dakota. Semicolon. Christ on a bike. Okay. So Jay wakes up tied to a wheelchair in the abandoned building. Um, Which which actually, you know, from a strategic standpoint, it's a very good, it's a smart vantage point, right? Because you're on the high ground. You have the high ground. Um, and what he's doing at this point is he has this flashlight and he's looking around to see it. Okay. Um, so, so re- real quick, I, I have a serious, this is genuinely a serious question for you guys. Um, so after, <clears throat> after he like explains like why he tied her up and all that, um, I started to like kind of think about, it and it's like, do you consider like their sex to be rape? Because, like, he's giving her something that is, like, she didn't consent to having that. He wasn't upfront about that. Um, and, I mean, you can take it back and say, like, whoever had sex with him was, like, raping him. And, like, this is really just, like, like a system, like, trickling down, like, from top to bottom, like, of whoever was patient zero. But, like, is, like, this whole it monster, like, based around, like, raping someone because, like, you're not telling them and allowing them to consider so if we're going, like this idea. If we're going down the, um, the, the serious route here, uh, there is, um, there are court cases for, uh, Intentional spread. Like, re- yeah. Revenge sex in that sense of like somebody mm-hmm. purposefully gets HIV and then spreads it purposefully to another. And I think that that has actually caused people to go to jail. Yeah. I think so, they, they could bring up like attempted murder charges. Right. I don't, like I don't believe it's rape. I, I believe the sex that that portion would be considered consensual, but the hidden agenda behind it is is really what the uh, you know, what what yeah. will get you for. So, and and a slightly like silly but also kind of serious question is, if you use chloroform on somebody but legitimately don't do anything, is that illegal? That would be assault. It's assault. Okay. Yeah. So at the very least, assault. Uh, but see, I didn't get. I, I totally I messed up things like later on because in the next couple scenes we, we uh, there's like a their police and they're asking her questions or whatever uh, like later on and she says like oh it was consensual I thought the sex happened after he chloroformed her but he was just knocking her out to tie her up to the wheelchair yeah that, that's, that's all yeah, that yeah, was yeah, okay gotcha because I I I thought they were just like dry humping in the car beforehand and then like uh and then he did the bad thing and then I was like she's actually like a mega victim here like later on she's she's like no it was consensual and i was like but it is was it (laughs) um but yeah no that makes sense i think i see where your problem is 
Kyle, and it goes yes. back to classic horror movie lore, which is if you're the main character and you choose to have sex, you have to leave your top on. So it's not entirely mm -hmm. it's not entirely obvious that you're having sex. It could just be dry humping because you still appear clothed. But they Correct. were, in fact, having consensual sex in the back right. of the Plymouth Grand Fury. 1975. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep bringing back up the car. The car. It's a sweet ass car, man. Hey, it was a sweet car. Anyway, so, uh, so yes, as she's tied up, he delivers this backstory, um, and it, y y you know, it really is just kind of like a literal speech about how a herpes monster is gonna is coming for her. Mm -hmm. um, but, but you know, so he sees it and he like. She's freaking the fuck out at, at this point, but we get this kind of first-person camera view um, as he turns her. So, like, the, the camera is actually, like, mounted on the wheelchair. Very nice visually. And he wheels her to the edge of the building, which, you know, at this point would be the most alarming portion of this night for me. <laughs> and uh, he's, they both see this naked woman approaching. Um, after which he gives a pretty compelling explanation of what's happening. Um. And she, like, proceeds to walk up the building and, like, continuously, directly go after her. Now, was all this, like, really necessary for him to really, like, get the point across that this It Follows thing was going to be after? I mean... What part? Just, uh, the whole thing. The whole chloroform and the tying to a chair and... I actually would argue that I, I think it was necessary because, like, Absolutely. later on in the movie, we're going to get to uh, Greg who is definitely a fuckboy, uh, fuckboy mm -hmm. Greg, where he, like, just straight up does not believe in it, no matter what. No. Like, he's like, yeah, I say it right there, but it's definitely not a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what? Good but, point. So I, I'm sure that he went through that before with someone, and, like, they just didn't believe him. And so you he think he like, went through it before the... with the girl from the beginning? Yeah, so I read an interview. I, yes. Yeah, I read an interview with the director, and he was like, yeah, I think it's kind of implied that um, she was the one who was before him, and then we go to him because she dies. So it's kind of showing that it goes down the line, and then right. he explains that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oh. And if you go back to her neighborhood, like, it's definitely kind of a similar, like, white suburban neighborhood mm -hmm. that... that she is also located in so i mm -hmm. think they were kind of setting the stage that they are not far from one another just means that they're all in that neighborhood they all fucking and yep. so and so this this is where our nude clock comes in as i said right around the 2026 to 2028 uh time mark and i'm glad they did this right so we talk about like the silliness of of a uh, nudity in horror movies but this is significant because it sets the pace for something that is unnatural coming toward you like, it's one thing if it was just some weird, fully clothed guy who's, like, you know, not, uh, you know, who, who's not uh, taking any social cues from Hugh or anything. But, like, this naked woman out in the middle of nowhere in this, like, abandoned apartment complex, like, that's a bit more compelling. There's something fucked up. Oh, yeah. So I, I would argue that the naked lady was, was, was something, but at the same time, uh 80% of the characters that they choose as the follower are clothed later on like it, I, I don't know i i still think it's silly that they that they did it cuz i think you got the the old lady grandma later on you got um big tall man you got a couple other people that are 
uh, just fully clothed. And uh, it, it didn't set a precedent for me. I, I was just like, okay, it is a spooky, creepy monster, but it could have been just a guy dressed up in a, it just, if a dude or a woman just slowly stared at me and started coming towards me and I'd be, I'd be terrified. I don't know. Uh, the way I looked at it was um, whatever this thing is, and it just seems to randomly take the form of, at least for most part, someone that's either relatively close to these people, as like in, in relationship wise, and I feel like it just kind of takes a copy of them, like at that exact point. So this woman that's walking up to him, it could have been like she was like in the shower or something, and that's when it just like took a copy of her. And then, you know, went on its path. So there are many theorized, or I'm sorry, there are many theories. Uh, and one that I personally do agree with is that all of the um, individuals that you see um, that it utilizes are past victims, even the grandmother. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, if, you know, she caught this thing, you know, 80 years ago and then she moved halfway across the world and then halfway across the world again, like, at the rate that it goes, very, very slowly, as I stated, like, she she could have been a long-term victim. So I personally think that every one of the bodies that it uses are victims from over the years. Um, and there are even some victims that have kind of, like, clothing that would sort of indicate this. That's a good point. I didn't even yeah. notice that, but you make good points. Yeah, I, I think that's a really cool theory. Like, the the director said that he wanted other people to like kind of contrive their own ideas of like patient zero and like um, different ideas thrown throughout this movie. So I, I think that that's a really cool theory and that makes a lot of sense. Well, to build off your point that if this grandma lady had it and they transferred down eventually to these kids, somebody was fucking a grandma. So no kink shame. I'm hey, just saying. I'm just saying. So after uh, they see the naked woman in the abandoned complex, uh, they drive off back to the house where the friends that we saw earlier that were on the couch, they're drinking out on the porch. Uh, are they playing Old Maid? It's a card game. I believed it was Old Maid, but I'm not sure. I don't know. They do yeah. the most random things. She farts randomly. They watch stupid, <laughs> really old movies. She reads on her stupid seashell. They play card. Like, hey, I don't. Don't. Bad talk, Yara. Yara is the best <laughs> in this movie. They just She's... do the most nonsensical things. They're just like, all right, well, what, like, what What do they do? They work they're, at a diner. They're, they're like... teenagers in a white suburban neighborhood. I mean, that's what teenagers do. They hang out. They just waste they time. They, watch, they play Old Maid. They watch crappy movies on tv they read the clamshell phones <laughs> i mean <laughs> it was a white suburban neighborhood kids and i think they were very accurately and believably portrayed as kids in a white suburban neighborhood just wasting time getting through the day hanging out they were i feel like i'm in a diner in miami right now listening to you like just left your retirement home like going off at breakfast <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, they pull up as they're, these kids are doing their hipster things. And, and yes, I agree. This, this movie really does portray them as like these insufferable hipster kids. Um, and I think they're all like out of high school age relatively, but, um, 
Well, hey, going back to this note that we mentioned before, they had to make sure that we knew that the character was allowed to have sex. Did you hear like early on when they were in the, the line for the theater, the guy's like, wouldn't it be nice if you were just that young and you were carefree? She's like, ah, you're 21. It's OK. So they're, they're definitely outside of high school. And they mention it later on that she did something. It's, I hate that. It's so uh, stupid. No, come on. It was a great line. You're 21, right? Here, can I see your ID and show it to the camera? What's a camera? <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry about it. Here, here's this one. And then here's mine, too. <laughs> like we're right back at a slumber party massacre. <laughs> Mom, it's okay. I'm 18. Exactly. Ah, yes. And your friend Julie is 19. And your friend Shay is also 18. Yes. But your one friend, Chelsea, who won't be there, is only 17. And she couldn't make it for unrelated reasons. <laughs> she will live. Illegal. Bam, FBI. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. They weren't as, like, on the nose. But if you look back at the diner after they left the movie theater, um, Jay is drinking, like, a frozen margarita. So it's like, okay, this is this is their, her, this is her holding up her her driver's license mm-hmm. she was like yeah, sticking her nose in the margarita glass she was i'm I, i'm not sure that was salt on the rim i don't know what happens in detroit <laughs> bad things happen in detroit that's called a hyped up <laughs> margarita you snort the coke and drink the drink <laughs> oh god god damn it i love america <laughs> So as the so back to the front porch, uh, the the car or um, Hughes' car pulls up abruptly. Um, he gets out of his seat. He goes to the back seat where he's helping Jay out. The, the other kids on the porch can see this. They're a little concerned. They call out, you know, is everything okay? Do you need help? He pretty much just puts her on the street, still restrained, and says, "Don't let it touch you," and then speeds off. Needless to say, the cops are called. Yeah, this isn't it's like very, very common in these types of movies where the first reaction after something traumatic happens is, yeah, call the police. And then the police come and investigate. Normally it's like, oh, it's fine. We'll figure it out. And then you just move on with the movie. You almost don't expect them to do the responsible thing. I, I, no. I, yeah. It's, these kids, the most responsible thing they could have done is call the authorities. The thing that I took away from this was the shot that they used. So they used a wide angle shot of like in the neighbor's house across the street, like staring out and the neighbors are like watching everything. And my first thought was, yeah, I'm those people sometimes watching my neighbors being like, man, what the fuck are these people doing? Like, I think, I think we're all that person, uh-huh. right? We're, we're all those people. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes it's better than TV. You are one of two people. You are either the family that is having this shit happen to you, or you are watching the family having this shit happen to them. (laughs) So the police arrive. uh, They question her. She confirms that the sex was consensual. She goes to the hospital overnight. And the next next couple scenes, just to fast forward a little, are kind of like the aftermath. You know, her mom is is concerned. Like, you know, she's leaving out her, her lunch. She's staying home from work. Um, but she has like friends over and they're talking about, oh, what a shame it is. And uh, you can just tell from a number of the scenes that follow this that, you know, she's even partially ashamed of herself. You know, she's feeling guilt. Um, she's looking at herself in the mirror in her bra and underwear. Uh, you can you can tell that, you know, she's uncomfortable with herself. And, and you know, these are these are classic re- reactions to someone who 
goes through something traumatic like this. Um, but it's the way that everyone else is reacting around her between her mother and her, her friend talking about her. Um, there's like a dodgeball that hits the side of the house. Um, and while she's looking at herself in the mirror, half naked and come to find out it's one of like the neighbor kids who's spying on her. And I think that kind of perpetuates that, you know, word has got around about what happened and everyone's kind of seeing her as easy. Everyone's kind of talking about her airing out her dirty laundry. Um, so I, I thought that was an interesting kind of way to to frame the the social aspect of what happened. And the neighbor kid that was spying on her, Paul. Fuck Paul. This is when was I started to hate Paul. It ha- it could have been nobody else but Paul. Was it Paul? I don't think it was I, Paul. I don't recall. I don't think it was. I thought I mean, it was uh, who's the who's the douchebag character that I thought it was uh, the, the older character, little kid. Hmm? I thought What's it was a kid. Oh, yes. Yes, the little kid. It's a very Paul thing to do. So I mean, that's why I assumed it was Paul. No, 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 no. Paul's a nice guy. He's a Reddit nice guy. He is he's, an R nice, guy. he's an R slash nice guy. Yeah. This kid This kid is like Dennis the Menace level, throwing shit at people and peeking over hedges and looking through the window. Yeah. God. Different. Paul, yeah, Paul's a different kind of fucking pathetic. Just absolutely the worst kind of incel. I've written down here, no Paul. And I don't even know what he did. I just wrote, no Paul. <laughs> you know, but on this uh, on this scene where uh, the grandma's coming in, I'm convinced that that no one knows how college classes go. Like, this professor is just, like, reading from a book. Not like engaging with the class, not asking like discussion questions. It's clearly like a literature literacy class, uh, English 101. Who who knows? But like she's not engaging with the class. She's just like, and I said unto Abel that he shall I don't fucking know what she was reading, but like I, she's I, reading I, for like five minutes straight. And then she's I like, Where are you going? Ma'am? Ma'am, where are you going? Well, I've had plenty of professors like that who just don't engage and just read and say random things. And yeah, that was the other thing too that got me when she got up to leave. Yeah, like, excuse me, miss, where you going? Where you going? It's like I'm going where I want to go. Don't stop. (laughs) I I paid for this class. I am leaving. Right. I was a little confused. It made me feel like it was high school, but I was like, no, wait, she's 21. I, I didn't even, honest to God, it never even occurred to me that that was college just because of the way she right. reacted. Like college you professors don't, get both. don't give a shit. Yeah, you don't get both. You don't get the lazy, just reading out of a book, no no talking to the uh, professor or to the kids kind of professor. And also the, but wait, where are you going? Please don't leave. Like, it, I don't, I don't get it. This is on the midterm. Well, Obviously shaken uh, by the events that just transpired and the fact that she clarified that no one else could see old Gam Gam walking through the <laughs> the hallways of the, the college, not high school. Um, she runs to uh, Kelly's work, where also our favorite Paul works, uh, where action hero Paul shoots his shot and <laughs> recommends that I have the, I have only the exact he... Same thing. <laughs> only Paul is qualified to make sure that Jay is safe through the night. So he only should sleep Paul. over. <sighs> this is like, where I, I wrote no Paul. <laughs> like, I can sleep over if you want, you know, protect you. 
I'm a nice I'm guy. Paul. I'm a nice guy. My <laughs> no, name's Paul. I'll sleep on the couch. I'm not like one of those jerks you date. <laughs> I'll take I'll I'll take care of you. I'm Paul. <laughs> Stop. Uh, it- I won't even try to have sex with you unless you want to, but you probably won't because I'm a nice guy. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> but if I wasn't jerk, you would want to have sex with me, but I'm a nice guy. I, there, I think the next scene I, I wrote down, okay, pro strats. Fuck a dude who gets around a lot. Don't fuck Paul. <laughs> Paul will die. <laughs> we'll be back to you. We'll be back to ground zero. <laughs> oh, dude, I would have fucked Paul immediately if I was Jay. Just get it out of the way. Just like all, all that's doing is like throwing an orange like traffic cone in front of. <laughs> you just, I basically, you're just condemning Paul. Yeah, because Paul's not going to have sex with anybody else. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Another rule I didn't really understand, and I get, I think I do, uh, is once you've once you've had this sex with somebody, you don't spread it to anybody else, right? Like, you're good to go. Right, yeah, it's gone. Once, it's just that one person. Yeah. You can still yeah, so see like, it. And unless then, the person keeps dying. And then when they die, but then you, then you get it back. It's like a boomerang. Right. But then you never know. You never know when they die, though. It's a poonerang. <laughs> the poonerang. I think Leave. it's more. It's. <laughs> I think of it more like a deli counter ticket. Like you never get rid of it. It just takes a different number. <laughs> you know? Walks up. It's ready. All right. Oh god. Get another number. God damn it. I feel bad for the monster. It's just trying to clear its queue. It's just trying to finish everything. And someone else <laughs> just comes along. And is just like, well, I want to have sex too. Oh god damn. All right. Fuck. Hang on. It takes me a long time to walk. All right, I'm coming. Well, I have a trip in 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 Japan, so you're gonna have to walk over. Oh God! All right, I'll I'll get a plane. I'll be there. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Does it literally walk across oceans? That's what I want to know. It's Jesus. Maybe it walked on water. <laughs> I actually just imagine like just keeps walking underwater, like it's on the ocean floor, just walking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you just hear the song, sailing, sailing over the ocean bay. <laughs> or just gets on a plane and you see this thing awkwardly sitting in, like, coach. Oh, it has to awkwardly, to like, go through security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sir, sir, please remove your robe. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, could you please put your wanted away? We're about to board the plane. No, sorry. Maybe it starts talking at that point. It's like, I will take a vodka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, Would like my complimentary peanuts, please. I'm actually allergic to peanuts, please. The pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're really fleshing out this monster's character. This is great. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's going to be our uh, our next movie after we do Deathbed. Mm-hmm. Just the It Follows monster. Yeah. Behind the story. <laughs> do just do a like, behind the music style documentary on this thing. I want a 60 minutes no, no, of It Follows monster. <laughs> it, it's gonna be it's it's gotta be the the sequel so it's gotta be it leads instead of it follows it's gotta be like an uplifting oh. story you know? yeah i like that but it didn't give up <laughs> it just yeah. kept following <laughs> <laughs> and one day it decided to lead oh that's in a story about a, a creature that likes to go about and lead kids to 
college. <laughs> We're talking about everyone's favorite topic these days, uh, Mr. Demon Fuck Monster. Welcome to the studio, Mr. Demon Fuck Monster. Hi. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this was a great, like, Fine. 10 minutes that we just took to flesh out this monster. It was great. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a good anyway. Oh, yeah, it has. All right, so we're at the sleepover now. Uh, this is Paul's dream. And even better... He's going to get some quality time with Jay. Cause Jay oh, Paul, Paul is wet as anything. Paul is so <laughs> wet. Soaked. Watching, watching old horror movies on that 1950s-ass television. Jay comes down wrapped in a blanket and tells him that she can't sleep. And he is so excited. He's absolutely thrilled. But he's like, oh, he's, it's cool. He's it's trying cool. so hard to act like casual. Like, yeah, it's cool. We'll just sit here. He's trying so hard to not look like he's so hard. That's, That's exactly <laughs> it. Her feet gets yeah, like yeah. an inch closer, and he's just like, "I'm gonna fucking explode." Would, would that count as passing it on to him if she just like touched him <laughs> with one toe, and he just like came all over himself? <laughs> it goes back to the ghost ship proximity argument. Like, what? Absolutely. What counts? Right. Um, what we get on the couch, uh, other than like incel Paul's just utter glee that he's shrouding with his cool guy act, um, is a little background between them. They had their first kiss together, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit. Until crash. Uh, we hear a window crash in the kitchen. Uh, Jay freaks the fuck out. Paul says he's going to go check it out. He doesn't see anyone. He runs upstairs to alert the rest of the girls who are also sleeping over. She goes to check it out. And this is where she sees the trailer park domestic abuse victim who is literally pissing her pants, slowly encroaching upon Jay until she runs upstairs. That was the most terrifying part. Just like, oh, God, why are you here? Oh, God, you're pissing on my floor. Yeah, there would be like that's like an extra level of intricacy of like why it's absolutely fucking terrifying. (laughs) It just pisses at any point. (laughs) And dude, like, why is it pissing? Isn't this thing dead? <laughs> it's all very. Good. And if like someone, and if no one else could see it, uh, like, and someone was just standing on the other side of the room and just saw Jay freaking out, would they just all of a sudden see a pile of piss form on the floor? Wow, Jay, why'd you piss yourself, Jay? How'd That's you piss like... all the way over there? Jay, <laughs> That's not again. You ain't cool unless you pee your pants. <laughs> Jay, not again. First, you're freaking out of stuff that's not there. Then you go and piss yourself. What's wrong with you? It's okay, guys. Paul's going to clean it up. He's like a nice guy. He's, oh, he's, not such, like an he's, asshole. he's such a nice guy. Don't worry, Jay. I'll take the blame for it. I peed, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll clean the piss. Paul, you're a hero. So she ran upstairs at this point. She's barricaded herself into the room, but she does what every stupid hawk. Ho- horror movie girl does she starts letting in her friends one by one right so you hear a knock on the door who is it Uh, it's me oh fuck it all right got it and of course one after another we we get that kind of slow build up is there something at the door no there's not next friend enters is there something at the door oh yes because there's a giant dude barreling toward her now this is one of the big big scares early on because it's not like this domestic abuse victim looking girl that we just saw a moment ago it is this 
giant, like seven foot tall dude coming straight for her. And I like this because this also sets up that the the entity can can change rapidly with like zero hesitation can change its form. Yeah, I also want to say uh, this is probably the best scene in the movie. Um, and rest in peace to that guy, Mike Lanier, who uh, who died. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that was a that was a pretty great scene. Very, very creepy. He's such a staple in like so many horror movies. So uh, she dips the fuck out. She jumps out the window, uh, grabs the car and drives to the park. You know, it's always somewhere innocent that they drive. You know, I noticed. So like the the first girl like went to the beach and you can imagine like that was a beach that her and her family enjoyed. And like Jay goes to the park and she's like swinging on the swings. There's always these allusions to innocence as they're running from like the truth and like the shame of the sex monster that's following them. I was going to say like, as the friends run up to her, I like that Greg who we've seen like throughout the entire movie and as a complete fuck boy and is trying to like fuck like these moms and everything like right before this, he was like talking to some mom in a car like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I like that you have a daughter. (laughs) Um, and he like shows up and he's just like, what's going on? And it's like, I am important now. I'm in the movie. And it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> here he is. And now it is time for my scene. <laughs> yeah, he do- he definitely kind of wormed his way into the plot. Because yeah, the, the friends the friends find her and then he just shows up and they uh Jay starts talking about like she needs to find that guy that she slept with, the Hugh guy. And Greg offers to drive for like zero reason. Just fuck it. It's like they have absolutely nothing to do. And it's Michigan, so, like, I get it. But. And it's funny because I wasn't 100% sure that this was Detroit until this scene where I, as a joke, wrote down that, like, oh, and now they're driving around 8 Mile until they found uh, Hugh's crack house of solitude. And -hmm. it was actually 8 Mile. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. On the first off, I'll, I'll start by saying I really like this house scene that when they go to uh, Hugh's house, I thought it was really cool, very interesting the way that he had to like set up like the whole house and everything. I thought that was cool. Um, but the bigger point here is like this scene led me to to realize how terrible the cops are in this movie. <laughs> like, how did these kids figure this out in an evening? like who this guy was and all this information and the cops like couldn't figure out anything. And it, yeah. it, it also makes me think about earlier when you guys were, when Jarvis was like moving through the plot and he's like, all right. So she asked her and finds out that it was consensual sex. It's like, that's not how police work works with victims that they believe are raped. They're not just like, were you raped? No. Okay. Bye. Like, okay, have a good day. <laughs> That's all we need. Have a good day. Yeah, yeah, legitimately, like they lost like interest. After <laughs> yeah, like, not we're like not you are this movie. It's not like you're possibly traumatized and you, you don't know exactly what to say. So you're just going to say yes to get us to go away because you don't want to deal with this anymore. Anyway, goodbye. But were you raped? No. Okay. Have a good day. No, good all right. This, this is boring now. We don't care. Goodbye. Should we investigate uh, this this guy? No, don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Bye. <laughs> But yeah, no, the detective skills on these kids is pretty impressive. So they go into this house, and the house is like, yeah, it's uh, got newspaper all over the the windows, which actually kind of kind of seems counterproductive because 
you would think it knows just where to find him no matter what, but he's got cans on strings on all the windows and all the doors so he can know if someone's actually coming uh, into the house. And uh, they go, our, our favorite incel Paul starts going through dirty magazines. Uh, even when Jay comes into the room, he's like unaffronted by it. He's just, he's no, still flipping just through. Come, does not even hesitate or try and cover up what he's doing. Even has to like shake off a couple of like sticky rags off the top of these magazines before he digs <laughs> right into them. Paul's an animal, and I hate Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, they find a picture of him, uh, probably a sticky picture of him, in in one of the magazines. He's wearing a Letterman's jacket, so they're able to try track down his old high school, um, which they go to. They go into the library, where the worst librarian ever just offers to give them the book uh, and is able to help them find out who this individual is. Uh, his name's Jeff, and now they go to Jeff's house. Yeah, I thought this scene was interesting just because it was a couple shots of just people walking, and after you know that this thing's after, and it could be anybody, just anybody silently walking alone, you have to question who they are, what they're doing, if they're just some person, or if they're this monster that's after Jay. For sure. Yeah, it's like a fun montage. Like, you never know which one is the, you know, the demon fuck monster that's chasing them. Um, so at Jeff's house, uh, his mom answers the door, offers them all, like, a soda with a straw in it. This all, it, like, I'm telling you, th this whole movie seems like it's in a different reality. Um, but they all go outside. They're all in, like, this semicircle. And Jeff, not Hugh, Jeff, uh, is is kind of, like, confirming everything that Jay is claiming. And he's basically telling her he's continuing to push the idea that she needs to pass it on. And every time he mentions passing it on, Paul just looks longingly from across the semicircle. Like, give it to me, please. I'll take your fuck demon monster seed. I'm a nice guy. I, I also noticed, and th this did kind of bother me at this point, but like, no one's mom or parents cared about anything. And it's not as if their parents weren't like a part of this movie. Like, I mean, we have Hugh's mom, like literally walks out with sippy straws and it's like, can I do anything else for you, honey? He's like, nah, mom, we're going to talk about this demon that's trying to kill me. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you guys later. Like, it's just, I, I don't know why their parents aren't involved. Like she clearly had, I mean, what would appear to a normal person to be like been sexually assaulted by someone. And where is Jay's mom? She's nowhere to be found. And you can't even use the excuse of like, well, she has work. It's like, no, your daughter like had a traumatic experience. And where are you? So where are like the adults in this movie? Where is, and I know it's a horror movie, but that just bothered me. Oh, for sure. It's like a teenage dystopian biopic, man. It's, it's, it's strange to say the least. And to further your point, uh, the next place they go is Greg's family's lake house. They're trying to put some distance between them and the monster. Um, and so, yeah, they, they literally buy some groceries. They're, like, going to the lake house. They're following the same method that Jeff had with, like, putting strings and, like, old cans and bottles up on all the windows. And they're going to hang out in this lake house until they figure out a plan. And Paul still just desperately wants to get fucked by Jay so he can he can take this burden away from her. 
Um, they're all hanging out at the lake house. Uh, they're practicing some shooting, doing a little bit of target practice. Um, and at one point, they're hanging out on the beach. And this is an exciting scene because as the audience, we can see it coming. It is obvious because it's walking very slowly from a distance. Uh, it's very slow approach. And uh, Yara's like swimming in the in the lake behind them. And all of a sudden, it goes from the monster that we can visibly see that's slowly approaching to nothing. It's invisible. And you just see Jay's hair stand up. And this is when we know that she's getting attacked, which is pretty I funny. really like this. Uh, sorry. I really like this scene just because you see it walking behind her before the camera kind of pans and you see Yara like out in the water. Correct. Yeah. So you're just I, like, oh, here she comes. And then the camera just slightly pans. And then it's just like Yara floating into the scene on the tube. And it's just like, oh, no. Yeah, that's not Yara. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Although my hope was actually kind of like, oh, man. Actually, I hope the Yara in the inner tube is actually the, the monster. And just not, chilling oh, in the inner tube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my hope. <laughs> so, man, I like I'm this scene a lot, too. Like the invisible effects were like really good and they're well done because you see both perspectives. You see Jay's perspective of her seeing this thing that's after, and you see everyone else's perspective. Because when Paul gets like hit with the, he hits the thing with the chair. The chair just, to his perspective, doesn't hit anything. It just like explodes. That he gets like thrown back, and yeah, you just see both perspectives of it and this is why Yara is my favorite character in this movie because before all this went down even though everything that's going on like she's just living life having fun in the water she's like hey everybody come in the water it's, it's a lot of fun I'm in this tube and everyone else is like no we're just gonna sit on the beach she was just enjoying herself so yeah she was the only one reasonably at the beach everybody else was wearing jeans did anybody else notice jean shorts jean jacket jean pants like it was super weird i was like who wears jeans to the beach that's what made me think this was also uh in canada because they were all in their canadian tuxedos right yes (laughs) exactly my wife walked in for like a small snippet and all she said was who the fuck wears bermuda shorts and walked out and i'm like god damn it i'm gonna write it down because you're right (laughs) 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 There's, there's so many questions that this movie this movie brings up but uh so during the attack she breaks free um and they run into the garage and they find the gun that they've been practicing with and we do learn that even though jay is a terrible shot almost all of them are terrible shots we'll come to find out but uh you can shoot it and you can slow it down but that will not necessarily kill it'll only slow it down for about a second uh so they close the door and uh, Greg's still outside. He's trying to figure out what the fuck's happening. And then, uh, like, part of the door burst open as if it was, like, kicked or, like, it almost, like, fucking exploded. And goddamn Jay, if she isn't the typical horror movie fucking female archetype, uh, she starts crawling to the hole in the door, like, trying to get at face level with whatever it is. And this is where we get a really good jump scare. Um, it's, like, this little boy, almost, who, like, peeks his head in and shrieks and this goes back to what i was talking about with the period appropriate clothing because if you actually look he's wearing like a pair of overalls and like sort of an old timey button-up shirt i could tell by the material and that's kind of where my theory was sort of solidified 
Yeah, I think I think it makes sense. I, I really do. Uh, I think your theory makes a lot of sense as to that these are all just people who've been murdered in the past. Yeah, I'm, but, but the well, the only the only uh, defense against that is that I think that they they state that the being will it'll be whatever will make you more comfortable. I guess none of those things made me comfortable, and none of them made Jay comfortable, but. It said that it could be like a family member or a friend or whatever, just so that it can get close enough to you to be able to to, to murder you. So oh, it said it could. I agree look with like you. It. it said it could what look was that? like it. It could look yes. like a family member, but it. I I don't know if it could take the exact shape or form of a family member. Mm-hmm. It might take something similar, but gotcha. I doubt that it would be anything that would be like something calming to you, because a naked man standing on your roof is never the calming the calming route to take well says you the one time it's it's fair enough the one time it's disguised as yara right so wait that it can't be no that's not yara in the distance i don't know it looked like somebody who looked like yara for sure Um, yeah i thought it was supposed to be yara i thought it was yara thought it was like look i am the yara because that's how like you as a viewer know that it's not yara because you see yara in the water I think it was uh, maybe just someone of equal age, but I, I I'm sticking hard with my theory. I, I think it was meant to look near her, but also it was from a distance, so you couldn't really tell exactly what you know sure. what, what the what it looked like, and I think that was done purposely. Anyway, so uh, after that solid jump scare, uh, Jay says, "Fuck this!" She leaves her friend. She grabs the car, Greg's car. And she dips out. Uh, she drives away. She's driving recklessly. Drives straight into a cornfield. Uh, a what? A what field? A co- a kern field. Thank you. Okay. There you go. Yep. Thank you. Uh, and the scene starts to slowly fade out as she hits the hits the dash pretty hard until you hear Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes written with you in mind, Mike. Uh, it's so appreciated. I don't have many good jokes, but when I do have them, I want to hear them over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I shall oblige. Next scene, we're in the hospital. Uh, this is this is some time after this. Uh, she has a cast on. Uh, she has a broken arm. Uh, just just a couple bumps and scrapes and bruises. I believe her mom was there at this point. I think they finally like got mom into the mix. Um, but everyone's sleeping, and the next scene is her getting fucked by Greg on the hospital bed. I put that, um, you know, after this, Paul should sleep with Greg, because that would show Jay how nice of a guy he is. <laughs> I'm so nice. I'm letting <laughs> Greg's and being I... a good friend. He's being a nice guy. Yeah. He's doing her a favor. If only Paul could be a nice guy like that. And I, I also put that from now on, we're going to call Greg Gaslight Greg, because throughout the like, rest Greg. of the movie, he just tells her that there's nothing there. He's like, no, there is no monster. There is no thing following me. You're crazy. So he, he officially became Gaslight Greg to me. You know, this whole scene when the two of them were having sex, Paul was just staring at him and just this 
furious look on his face. Oh, Paul is dead inside, and it's so oh, delicious. Boy. So delicious. <laughs> Once upon a time, I was falling in love. <laughs> so I, I think this scene is funny because especially later she she mentions that uh Greg and her had sex back in high school and it was no big deal. And he was like, Oh, okay. Like Paul. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Paul I'm... Paul is Paul is furious that this is happening. And yeah. then when she talks to him later, it's because Paul's like, But but you are gonna have sex with me, right? Like really? Maybe, please. Like can we <laughs> Can we just have sex? Can we just get something Please. in writing? Just so I know that all of this being a good friend isn't for nothing. Like, can we just... The, even a verbal confirmation. At this point, for me, like, Paul's chances to have sex with Jay, like, plummeted. Because for her, the only reason to have sex with Paul is to just pass this along to him, get rid of it, and it becomes Paul's problem. But after she gives it to Greg... What's what's Paul got to like gain? What's what she have to gain from giving it to Paul? Because she can't give it to Paul. Fair. She I can't mean, give it to Paul because Greg had it. But yeah, <laughs> I guess he sure did. Oh, they had it all right. <laughs> nice, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. And, like, after everything she's been through, I feel like sex is the absolute last thing she wants. And yet, the bitter irony is that she has to fuck in order to live. And then everyone is trying... All the nice guys around her are like, I'll I'll help you. I'll protect you. Give it to me. No, no, no. I'll I'll help you. I'll help you, too. I want to (laughs) help. Me. No, me. (laughs) I am brave. It is like a look how dumb these guys are. They just want to fuck versus the the reality of it, which is you will probably die. You know that? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine. Just, just do it. Yeah, just, no, just... no, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, because that was like one of the big like juxtapositions of this movie. Like her the whole time, everyone's telling her like Hugh or Jeff was telling her, yeah, just fuck, give it to somebody else. All these guys, they just want to fuck, and they keep telling her, I'll just pass it along, give it to anybody else, just have sex with anybody, and it's not your problem anymore. But this whole movie, she doesn't want to pass along to anybody else. She's torturing herself, and she just doesn't know what to do because she doesn't want to condemn somebody else to this thing, and she doesn't want to have it herself. So I just thought that was interesting, the conflict of it and the contrast of like the psychology of men and... In this movie and her in this movie. In that no matter what, they will always choose fucking over their Absolutely. own. Absolutely. Every Absolutely. time. Like, fuck the consequences. I don't care. I'll figure it out. I just want to fuck. And she's like, yeah, I, I can't do this to anybody else. I don't want to give this to anybody else. This is my problem. And the other guy's like, figure it out. Finger it out. Whatever you want me to do, doll. <laughs> you just give me a call. <laughs> Whatever you want me to do. Figure it out. I'll, I'll do it. I mean, she tries to warn him. She tries calling him. She literally rushes to his house as fast as she can, tries to open the door, tries to knock. She jumps in the window, runs upstairs, and now we see that it has changed. It's morphed into another figure where it's like this kind of, hey, I'm going to say it, boys, this hot, half-naked Latina MILF. That was Greg's mom. I think that was, yeah, it was Greg's mom. No. I don't think yeah, it's no. pretty sure. It was absolutely, it is clearly stated that it's his mom. No, because yep. when 
He opens the door. door. He opens the door, and before he visually sees her, he says, what is it, Mom? And then he sees her, and he doesn't say Mom. He never says Mom again. He just assumes that it is is his mom. I think you're just trying to justify the wrong thoughts. I'm telling you. (laughs) I will take Jarvis's standpoint here, too. I I think that he was... I think that he was just like, why are you knocking on my door at 2 a.m., Mom? And then it wasn't Mom, and then he's dead. You know what? A lot of a lot of things I've, I read into the movie afterwards said that it was his mom. You know what? I'm going to take Kyle and Jarvis's point because I think after watching what happens when the door opens, we realize it wasn't his mom. It was his stepmom. Stepmother, <laughs> <laughs> stepmother. Step <laughs> What are you doing, stepmom? Uh, what she's doing is dry humping him until his soul leaves his body. Of all the things, cool. of all the things, right? No, like that seemed the most low budget thing. You said it was a two million dollar budget. That might have been symptomatic of the budget because, like, wouldn't you expect sort of like a the thing esque like morph, like a body morph or something? No, it just Maybe. dry humped. Until, like, the camera angles kind of, like, panned around and there was, like, you know, moisture between their hands. And then yeah, he's dead. Gross. It was like, yeah, there was some gooeyness, but then he was dead. Well, I like the fact that it wasn't some elaborate monster. It was just, like, a humanoid figure that was doing this to people. But the fact that it just dry humps them to death, i that was the only weak part of this whole movie to me. Well, but going by how this thing is transferred, the dry humping makes sense. All I'm saying is there are worse morph alien monster figures to be murdered by. Because that, 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 that chick was hot. I'll, I'll say that. It was his mom, though. Greg's mom has got it going <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, so at this point, this is Jay's like panic ho festival that we're moving into because now she's realizing like this shit ain't a joke she needs to pass this on quick um so she drives out into a different area and she hears like some music in the distance and she goes onto a look like a a nearby shore and she looks out into the water and there's these three dudes on a boat and she just strips down to like her bra and undershirt and just starts swimming out there (laughs) (laughs) And, and and boys, I we got we got to talk about it here. We have to like. Did all three of them contract it? This is where the question Probably. comes in. Like, right? Yes, I would say yes. It. Well, so here, here's the perfect question, right? This and this is really what ties everything together. Like, is it only vaginal? Um, do the other forms of sex count? If she gave one a hand job, did she pass it? Does does one of the members have to come? Um, these are important questions. Does there need to be an exchange of bodily fluids? Can they wear a condom? Yeah, see, I would say all three of them are in it now. Like, at some order of, or another. Like, maybe they're all in it at the same time. Maybe it's different. But I don't know. Like, maybe this is a kink-shaming monster that we have here. And it's just like, well, I don't consider a man laying with another man to be sex. Because that, as it says in the Bible, and as I say too, 
this whole movie is a kink shaming monster. Like it's literally like sex is bad, and then it just takes you through all the worst that like the the socially like the most frowned upon sexual conquests. And it's like these are extra bad. <laughs> these are all the these people. are super bad. <laughs> these are all the people Don't that you're these. killing. <laughs> <laughs> you're killing everybody every time you touch yourself. <laughs> is it just like uh it's just like a classical uh christian person right where it's just like you can't do those kinky things but then it kills you by humping you and it's like but i do them and close doors <laughs> talking about little we're talking about priests fucking little boys at this point right yeah like, yeah is that where we've moved into oh god what if the monster dressed up as a priest oh fuck <laughs> Well, That'd be yeah. even more terrifying. <laughs> it's a new wanna, layer. They, they didn't want to get that political. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Welcome to Horrible Friends. Uh, so she bangs these three dudes on a boat. It's worth talking about. If you're among friends listening to this podcast, you should talk about it. I want to know if you guys think that she passed it on to all three dudes, or did one guy just get the unlucky straw? The first to enter. It's worth talking about. Is it one? I, I don't know. Is it first one in or last one out gets it? I would assume first one in. <laughs> yeah, I would assume I would last one out. One but why? That's the thing. I I didn't under, I didn't understand this. Scene. I'll let Mike explain in a second why he thinks it's last one out. But I I didn't understand the scene at all because it it has no it has no meaning. She goes there and if she, if she fucks all three guys or if she fucks any of the guys, then they've got it and she should feel a little bit happier and fine. They immediately are like, oh, well, it's coming. So we got to get prepared in the next couple scenes for when it shows up eventually. Did she think that these guys were just idiots and they were just going to get murdered instantly or what? Like, I I mean, it does say that she hadn't seen it for a few days and then she starts to see it again. And that's why they need to prepare. So I just went by the logic that she passes along to one or these three guys in the boat. And then she thought, because you could see even in the car right home, she looks like just empty and dejected and so like she just had sex with three guys to pass this along i'm just throwing it out there i don't know if i'm literally just kind of like arguing with myself here like some hot chick just swam out to a boat and said Mm -hmm. like we'll bang but you have to all bang each other yeah this is this is a conundrum because <laughs> would you want the random mermaid lady to show up and just be like hey i'm gonna fuck one of you and then you fuck the other <laughs> the mermaid I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna fuck one of you but the other two have to fuck each other i'm gonna skip ahead if that's okay with you guys yeah let's get the let's get this plot done <laughs> all right so at this point jay is she's kind of like barricaded herself completely um yeah, she's at her lowest point. Uh, Paul comes over. Nice guy, Paul, comes over. And it, it, it's not even, like, it's not even, like, thinly veiled at this point. Like, he's just continuously shooting his shot. He's just like, you know, you could you could pass it to me. Like, it's it's not subtle at all. Um, he's a fucking nerd, and I fucking hate you, Paul. Uh, <laughs> but th- this is where they come up with this contrived fucking scheme to... Uh, drive to the place where they first kissed, which was the city pool. And this is where they're going to have their final showdown with it. And as they leave the house, uh, this is when we see the naked dude up on the roof, which was super unsettling. That was Santa. 
<laughs> and that's why I tell my kids to go to sleep first. <laughs> I don't want them the to mainstream media. If you don't go to sleep, Santa's going to be on the roof hanging dong. Oh the mainstream media wouldn't tell you exactly what it is, but let me tell you. That was- <laughs> let me check my notes. This is Santa Claus. He goes to your house. Stand If you don't leave him cookies, he stands in your roof naked. Oh, God. This is going to be the new QAnon conspiracy. I was about to say, QAnon just got real. <laughs> Uh, QAnon is the most reliable source of news and facts on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm here today to invite you all to QAnon. Open invitation. Uh, QFest. It'll be happening next year. Everyone show up as uh, naked Santa on a roof. (laughs) Those are the kind of people I expect to go to, like, a QAnon festival, but... (laughs) Clothes make you gay. The Democrats made clothes to make you gay. Anyway. That's why we can't wear clothes anymore. (laughs) I had to fuck three of my friends on a boat because some lady said she was going to fuck us. It was weird. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. I've seen the whole thing. Uh, okay. So now, so we're entering this absolutely ridiculous and contrived plan. Um, and as they're walking toward the pool from the car, we get this strange dialogue from Mike's favorite fucking Belma character, Yara, about like wealth inequality. <laughs> In Detroit, like how their parents didn't let them go to this side of town, and like it was, it's so weird. She always starts these weird, absurd dialogues where she's like reading aloud, or I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm all about talking about the the wealth inequality in Detroit, but this movie, this is where you had to make that stand. I guess that's fine. Whatever. (laughs) They're getting chased by like a sex demon to to murder one of them, and like this is where we're gonna talk. I want to talk about the history of redlining in Detroit. Let me tell you how bad it is. And it's like, are you, what? <laughs> we're about to, I have to fuck somebody so I don't get murdered. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, so we're going to set up the perimeter. And, and don't get me started on white flight. Let's, this is the time to talk about these issues. Let us be reminded as we're chased by a fuck demon. So into this plan, which the plan is to surround this large size Olympic swimming pool with electronics, various electronics that will be hooked up. They will be uh, plugged in uh, via extension cords, like a hundred extension cords. But don't worry, they hopped a fence to get there, and they drove like a fucking sedan. And yet they have like a small U-Haul worth of appliances and extension cords to surround the entire pool with. And then they're going to try to lure it into the pool, where they will throw in all the ele- the electronics, and they will electrocute the fuck demon. Perfect logistical logical plan. However, they did overlook the fact that this thing can also pick up these things and throw them in the water. <laughs> and they got a, a very quick lesson in how uh, electricity works and how modern day surge breakers work. <laughs> yes, they did. Absolutely, absolutely accurate. Because when so Jay is in the water. Uh, trying to lure it in, it immediately <laughs> understands the plan once it gets in there and just starts fucking throwing all of these different electronics right at Jay's head. And you know I, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. I was going to say, I immediately thought this thing walked in and was like, are you fucking ki- Are you, Me? The me? thousand of year old demon? Are you fucking kidding me? You think I'm going to fall for this? Let me just throw these TVs and hair dryers at you. You think I haven't fucking seen electricity? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 
mean, the thing's got to be thousands of years old. It's probably insulted by this goddamn contrived-ass plan. Um, you know, I'm actually just noticing something. I don't mean to go off on a tangent. To your guys' credit, I believe that the form that it took this time was her dad. Correct. Yeah. So, yes. so I, I think both arguments are valid that it can take the forms of, of things but. that it's that it's taken in the past as well as close relatives and family members. Do we see her dad at all during this film besides in photos? Just the photo. No. I don't think yeah, her dad the was like I'm, in her I'm life saying, at all. No, I'm I think dad. it was like he had uh, passed away. Yeah, yes. from getting fucked by the fuck demon. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Entirely dad, how'd, your, how'd your dad die? Oh, he was just, you know, fucked to death by some fuck demon. Oh, yours too? <laughs> <laughs> they found him. His leg was backwards. He, his own dick was in his throat. Like, it was pretty gruesome <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the, the, this whole plan is falling apart. And but don't worry, guys, never fear. Rambo Paul is here to save the day. So he takes up the sidearm that the, Greg's fucking pistol that they took with him. And he starts firing at wherever Jay points without looking into the field of fire past what he's trying to shoot. And he shoots Yara in the leg as a result. And he's not even looking at, like you said, what's down his sights. He just so focused on shoot this thing, I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna shoot this thing, then I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna shoot this thing, then I'm gonna fuck. And he, <laughs> sh- he shoots you. Yep. Also, some uh, great shots he was taking into the pool. Just like I'm sure I won't hit Jay at all. He just fired wildly. <laughs> I already shot her in the leg by accident. Right. Um, <laughs> right, because he eventually he he fucking figures out where it is. They like drape a sheet around it. He he shoots it in the head. It falls into the pool, and then it starts attacking Jay. What? N- no surprise. Like she gets to the edge of the pool, it pulls her back in, and they just kind of stand there looking into the water. Like, well, what do now? And Jay <laughs> Paul's like, "Fuck it, I got it." He takes like some shots <laughs> into the water. He eventually hits it in the head. They're like, can you see him? Is he dead? She fucking crawls to the edge of the pool. Like, she's still the worst at this ever. And, like, the pool fills up with red. Uh, And then the next scene is Paul gets his wish. Paul and Jay fuck. And it's super gross. (laughs) Super fucking gross. Not for him. He's the happiest boy on earth at that moment. God, but for literally literally every (laughs) other human being is forced to watch this. Oh, God. Oh yeah, it was I, terrible. I thought that they were going to go with some sort of um they were going to play some like happy music behind it or something like that like it finally happened like just he gets it. Believe it or not, I'm walking on it. <laughs> exactly. And then what's he do right after Jarvis? Uh he goes driving around for hookers. <laughs> to pass <laughs> it off. Uh, he is he may be a lot of things, but one of them is definitely efficient. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and that. this one, it's clearly was not the first time Paul's gotten a hooker because he knew exactly where to go, knew the spot. how to get there, the quickest route to get there, and they knew so him I, by his name. I have one more <laughs> I have one more question. He also pulled out his uh this was his tenth time, so he got a free hooker that time. So everybody should yeah. have those hooker cards. He's got his punch card. <laughs> Correct. Um, I, I did have one more question as far as the monster goes. Protection or no protection? Protection. So it can. I'm. I'm thinking. Can you? Can you fuck with with protection and still pass the monster on? 
is it I about, think so. Is it about not only like your body coming, but your soul coming? Is that what transfers <laughs> it? <laughs> I don't it's not the come from your penis. It's the come from your soul. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. That that was just my because like he's going out and he's like, all right, I got to raw dog this this hooker. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's get both of them. Fuck it. Let's do both. Now, do you think that the hooker sex for Paul was like a sacrifice or an added bonus? Um, it's a sacrifice. Just a cherry on top. He's a it's nice a sac- guy. He's, such he's doing guy. this he's just today. such he's do he's such a selfless nice guy. He's doing this for Jay and everybody else. He doesn't just have sex with hookers casually and regularly. Before yeah, he, all this happened, it's just because it's all for Jay. Even more Jay, gross. I did this for you. I, I I fucked the hookers. I promise. <laughs> I did it for us. I did, I did it, it for, for you. Don't worry. I was thinking about you the whole time. <laughs> if I can summarize, can we do it again. Even more gross than this is that as Jay or as fucking Paul is riding around trying to raw dog hookers. Yara starts reading out loud from her goddamn seashell like a fucking weirdo some more. And our our movie ends with Paul and Jay walking down the street, holding hands, fucking gross, um, with someone kind of approaching them from afar in the distance behind them. And then fade to black. And that, my friends, was It Follows. Yep. Because yeah, you know, Paul didn't tell the hookers about, like, you know, hey, uh, by the way, you should probably, like, you know, keep an eye out for anyone following you. Because yeah, it's going to be me. It's going to be, if anybody's following <laughs> it's hookers, it's going to be Paul. <laughs> it's going to be me. I, 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 I went through a couple phases with that because, yeah, my first thought was, yeah, give it to somebody who's just going to fuck a lot and then it'll just go down the line. But I don't think it goes that far. It's like the, the one guy comes up. Like, so he does it. The hooker has it. The hooker does it to somebody else. That guy's not going to know either. And maybe he just goes home to like his family or he's, he does other people. And then it just quickly goes back to him and back to the hooker and then back to the, it, it's not a good plan. Well, in that situation, all those people would have to die. Correct. I, I think they and all these die. people wouldn't know they needed to keep transferring it. So, Correct. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a bad plan by Paul. I think he just wanted an excuse to justify having sex with a hooker. Yep. Well, with that, if everybody's good, let's go ahead and move on to uh, special effects and uh, cinematography. Because I really like how the film was shot. It like felt very much like a suburban neighborhood. Just. It was there wasn't much like complicated shots. Like the shot on the beach was really good. How it was done with the different perspectives when you see from Jay's perspective where this thing's following her, and then it cuts to everybody else's where they don't see anything, and then a different the movie shifts where in like the last scene in the pool. For the majority of that scene, all you see is Jay freaking out and pointing to where this thing is, and you don't see anything, and everybody else is freaking out because you're seeing their perspective on it where they don't see it so i thought that was a it was a good mix of the different views and different character perspectives the yeah and i i will say that the the whole movie should be like a subtitle that should be it follows the movie about boca because that was the first three quarters of the movie is is the the boca um uh changing perspective from the the person who's close to the person who's far and it does it really well i'm not i'm not totally ragging on it because it, it's it's actually it's a good use because it's like 
you see the character's face in full detail and then they shift focus to the background and then there's the thing that's following and i think it's a it's good i, I think it's, it's good use but it, it's very funny to just every scene it's like you're looking at the character but you're also looking behind the character because you're mm -hmm. like oh i know it's coming yeah and so and on that the director actually said that for most of the film they used wide angle shots for that purpose so that they could make sure to capture the entire scene and have everyone kind of like leery like oh what's going on behind them um i also read that <clears throat> for their uh kind of spinning shots I, I don't know what the technical term is for them sorry but um Sorry for that little pause. My cat was taking a dump and I had to stop talking for a second. <laughs> um, but for, oh my God, it smells so bad. For the, the circular shots that they did, um, he said that those were the most difficult shots because they had to get some consistency in um, like the way that the people walked and everything because it had to be consistent throughout the entire shot. So I, I thought that those were very interesting, very well done when the say bravo to those and bravo on using straight up wide angle shots from majority of the movie to really capture that idea that we're scared of what's behind them yeah and, and they they play with it every once in a while they, they specifically call out like some of the characters the fear that the characters have is expressed literally out loud when they're they're looking over each other's shoulders they're looking over themselves and they're just like do you see that person they're walking towards us are you sure that's a real is that a real person do you see them so that leads me into another point i think the best situation you can have is you have two people who have fucked and then a cuck mm. because that cuck just stays on the side and they if you can confirm with them hey do you see that thing and then you're able to, and they go no what are you talking about and then it's like okay time to go bye bye <laughs> <laughs> and going over to sound and music um i love the music yeah Same. music was really good Agreed. good builds solid builds uh they actually led somewhere uh, the 80s synth was appropriate, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. contributed to yeah, confusion. I, <laughs> I, I appreciated, I appreciated that too. Yeah, I think that the the use of the the definitely 80s, like 70s, 80s sounds really did throw you into weird, uh, I guess decades. Because again, we don't know when this is supposed to take place, but it's kind of 80s, it's kind of 70s, it's kind of everywhere. Um, it was all over the place, just because the yeah. the style of dress by all the characters. Uh, if it wasn't for the the clamshell phone, it could you could pretty much pin it down to like the eighties ish. But it felt like every character was a different mm -hmm. time period. Like uh, Yara was like current day or like present day. Uh, Hugh felt Jeff felt like he was like two thousands. This Kelly felt. Like 70s so did jay jay felt like 80s paul felt like 50s it all felt like every character was a different time period yeah they they did a weird job and i appreciated it and this this i'm, I'm gonna this is a special feature we're talking about sound but I, I will say that the costume design was was good in this or, or i guess outfit design was, was a good choice it was, it was all pretty good um but yeah the the, the sound effects were good a lot of a lot of ominous walking and thumping when they could throw it in there they, they threw a lot of um uh just some stuff to kind of creep you out in the background i think that somebody is going to show up right behind you and it was good i, I really enjoyed it and with that i think we're going to go ahead and talk about spoopy meter dan do you have a rating scale for the spoopy meter and is it have to do with cat shits no surprisingly uh it doesn't because uh, as you know most things um 
in my life do come from cat shits. Uh, so, um, you know, this is a very Michigan pride kind of movie and uh majority of us really like hockey. And of course, Michigan has one of the best NHL teams in through the franchise being one of the original six teams, the Red Wings. Uh, so we're just going to keep it nice and simple. And the Red Wings have won 11 Stanley Cups throughout their uh, history. So guys, zero to 11, how many Stanley Cups would you give this? You can't count a lot of the early ones because there were only six teams. Nope. <laughs> yep, Dan All disagrees right. with that statement, Mike. Sorry. Yep. Done. Uh, so if I had to guess, what was it? Zero to 15? Is that what you said? 11. 11. 11? All right. I'm going to go with 15. So, no. Uh, yeah, you can see which, <laughs> which one of us don't follow hockey. <laughs> uh, oh, it's me. It's definitely me. Uh, yeah. So zero to 11. Um, so I, spoopy wise, this, this was fun. I, I, I think the, just the ominous nature of this film and exactly what they went for. They did nothing fell out of place with it. I, I would give it a good, like seven just because of that feeling of of being followed by somebody or something we have all felt it at some point in our existence in some town that you're not familiar with or even town that you are familiar with somebody has walked behind you for too long and and that is like a you know wind blowing in the back of your neck kind of feeling so i i think a seven out of 11 i like that um the overall part of the film I'm going to go right around the same. So instead of just boopy, just overall, I'm I'm going to say I I like this film. It was it had some hateable characters, it had some lovable characters. It the the idea behind the film was I think fresh. I think this was not a remake. There is another film called It Follows from 1969, but I don't it's not the same um at all. So I, I think this is a relatively fresh concept. It was well shot. The characters while like I said some of them were gross and some of them were great, I think they were all well casted. Uh, we hated the right characters and loved the other ones. Um, I will go with, uh, I'm going to go with uh, nine out of 11 for this one. And I uh, am going to skirt any jokes that go with that. Um, I, I, I agree mostly. Um, spoopy wise, I'd probably give it a, a solid six or seven. Um like they weren't like terrifying scares, but I really enjoyed them. They were they were fun. Um, like just like it would just make me jump a little bit, but it was just like oh oh, oh great awesome. Um, I th- there wasn't a whole lot of effects. I think the uh, the beginning with uh, I don't remember if she was actually given a name, but um, the one who di- the girl that died at the beginning with her leg snapped back the other way, like that just ugh creep me out so much just as mike hates feet jarvis hates wrists my biggest thing is like bones i can't deal with it so that that got some points for me um i I thought the movie was decently paced and it was just it was just enjoyable to watch i i didn't love it but i didn't hate it either it was all a good time so overall i'll give it a i'll give it an eight out of 11 stanley cups uh, yes, I can go next. Uh, spoopy wise, I did like this movie. It didn't have a sense of tenseness and uneasiness throughout. Just uh, the thing, you know, the thing is following Jay the whole time. You don't know who it is. Every time you see something in the background or somebody in the background, you have to question if it's just a normal person or just this thing following her. So it did give a good 
did build a good sense of that tension and uneasiness throughout the movie. So uh, at a one to eleven, I'd give this a six. Spoopy wise, Stanley Cups. Uh, it's an overall movie. I did like this movie. I did try and watch this movie when it originally came out, and I couldn't get into it. I thought it was too slow paced at the time. But giving it a second chance like this, I did really like it. And for the same reasons about the spoopiness and how it does build that tension. So I'll give it about the same seven, seven and a half out of 11 Stanley Cups, even though seven of those Stanley Cups were unearned when there was only six teams. They still had to play people and, you know, win them. So they were earned. Yay, hockey. Cool. Um, yeah, so I I like this movie a lot. Uh, aside from it being a just deliberately elaborate metaphor for herpes and any other sexual transmitted disease, just with like the added fear of a monster chasing you across the world, no matter where you go. Uh, you know, it, it, it's all a, it's all a metaphor for herpes, but super fun. Uh, and, and pretty good, uh, as far as, uh, building tenseness and, uh, good jump scares. I liked it. There were some times that, you know, I was like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. But you're, uh, like Chris said, it was fun. Uh, it wasn't overly deep. It uh, parts of it were when like Yara was reading her fucking bullshit. But uh, either way, so uh, really enjoyed it from a spoopy level. Um, so I'm gonna go six out of eleven Stanley Cups, and my overall is gonna be eight out of eleven. Really enjoy this movie. It's really fun. It's not too much, but it is a perfect chill out hangout. Uh, solid scary movie to watch with friends and i kind of feel about the same as everyone else uh i, I liked it I, I think the as i touched on earlier the camera shots were really good acting was done very well um they were believable as as you guys said uh we were we liked the characters that we were supposed to like we hated the characters that we were supposed to hate uh all jokes aside it was easy to sympathize with jay and like really feel bad for her um when like these terrible things were happening like the three guys on the boat um or like feeling that she had to give herself up to other people um so it it draws a lot of emotion out of it um the i I found it interesting there was a quote from just very briefly there was a quote from the director of how he came up with this idea and he said like he had a recurring nightmare when he was like nine or ten of something following him and it, he just kind of like held on to that idea. And when he got older, he was like, yeah, I just want to make this into a horror movie. And I've never done horror stuff before, but this is uh, just something that I really think is a great idea. And the uh, sex part of it really came in because he said tying that into a physicality and an emotional level just like really brings it home in his mind. So um, I, I thought that that was a really cool idea that kind of adds another layer to the um making it a little more interesting in my opinion but uh just to wrap it up i i I liked it it was good i hated it the first time i watched it back when it first came out i liked it this time i appreciate it a little bit more so um i'm gonna give it seven out of 11 because i like beyonce and um that's a good song so there you go if that is everything anybody got anything else for this delicious movie great so yeah i just want to go ahead and uh thank everybody for listening i want to just point out that you know we're 
we appreciate everybody, you know, sharing this and giving it to friends. Uh, you know, word of mouth is the best way to spread this. So um, much like this terrible sex demon, spread <laughs> us. Um, spread us. <laughs> spread us to everybody you know. Yes. And we promise we will not have any consequences of following you and killing you when you spread this around. Correct. And spread only, yourself. Only if you don't spread it around. Um, and yeah, I want to thank uh, Connor McLeod and Andrew Cavanaugh for uh, our art and music, respectfully. And I want to thank whoever's going to edit this. And I think that's about it. Chris, do you want to go ahead and tell the people why they should have sex with everybody? Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. Is that why we should have sex with everybody? Subscribe to our OnlyDance.